Amen. Amen. Go ahead and grab a seat. Welcome to Christmas 2020. Uh, you braved the cold, you braved the ice and the snow, and you made it here. We didn't know what to expect, to be honest with you. Uh, I remember just yesterday I was uh, um, driving around getting some last minute things done, and I've, I remember thinking to myself, it just doesn't feel like Christmas. It feels kind of warm, kind of green, feels like we're kind of busy. Um, there's things going on. It's like, Lord, it, it needs to be Christmas. Uh, so don't, don't hold me responsible for what's going on out there. But at the same time, thank you, Jesus, for snow on Christmas. Uh, and it can stay tomorrow and it can be gone the next day for, for my heart's sake. Um, I've had Christmas. I'm from Maine. And so I kind of like to see a little bit of snow on Christmas, just not as much as they normally see in Maine. Uh, I don't want to see that anymore. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. As we gather together this evening, I want to share with you the, the passage that the Lord has laid upon my heart in the message. And my prayer is that in the midst of everything that's going on around us, and you know, we really don't have to get into it, but there's just, there's just so much. It, it, it feels oppressive at times or pressure at times. But let's just take a deep breath, you know, just like we used to do, and just kind of let it out nice and slow and just say, God, we want to be here in your midst. God, we want to hear from you. God, we want to sing Christmas songs, but we want to just stop and be touched by the Holy Spirit. That Jesus said he had to leave, not that he wanted to leave, but he said, unless I leave, the Father won't send the Holy Spirit. And so we want that Spirit of God to be in our midst this evening, to be in our hearts this evening, to touch our celebrations this evening. And so it's only appropriate, or it's at least appropriate, that we gather together before God and say, we want to celebrate with you, and we want to celebrate you. Let's pray. Father, who is God in heaven, we do in fact thank you for the story. God, we thank you for the reality that there was no other way for you to do it but to come down here and live amongst us. Because, God, we struggle to, to wake up sometimes. We struggle to go through our day. We struggle, God, to, to see what's going on. We struggle, God, just to believe that there's some purpose to it. We struggle until we're reminded that you came down here to love on us, that you came down here to make it right. You came down because you wanted us to come back home, to be back in the family. You wanted us forgiven. You didn't want us lost in what we deserve, God but you wanted to pour out your blessing on us. And so you came in the form of a baby, lying in a manger so many thousands of years ago. God, it feels the further we get from that, the, the more distant that whole story feels. And I pray that tonight, right here in central Kentucky, that you quicken our hearts, that you quicken our souls, God. Did you help us strain to hear the sound of the trumpet or the hoofbeat of horses? We thank you for Christmas this morning, or this evening. We pray that you are glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. We want to welcome those of you that are joining us out there um, in, in your homes and in your uh, living rooms and in your gatherings and things like that. Uh, we wish that you could be here with us as well, and we are looking forward to the time that uh, God will bring us all back together. And what a celebration that that is actually going to be for us as well. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm thinking about the Christmas story, and I'm thinking about all the different ways that you can tell it and what it is that's going on. And I, I've just been asking God, you know, how do you want me to share this this evening, Lord? Um, what is it that we want to gather together and that uh, we want to hear from you. What is it you want to say to us? 
And I was thinking that nobody was really around for the first Christmas. Nobody was really aware of it, obviously. Nobody had an idea that this was going on, although they had been praying for it. There was no doubt about that. Nobody shows up in the story in all reality, except you know Mary and Joseph and maybe some of their kin that might have stayed out in the stable with them. But nobody really shows up until the Christmas you know, gift has been given, until the Savior himself is lying in the manger. And then the, the angels go and announce it to the shepherds and that's when Christmas is suddenly broke upon the world and and the world is bathed in it and God gives his gift to us in the quiet of that they were all in a barn when I was thinking about this that's what's going on they're all in the barn celebrating Christmas not sitting in the living room not singing not sharing a story not dreaming that the Savior is born they weren't handing out gifts to one another they had gathered together under the oppression of a governor who said hey you come because I want to know who you are I don't want to I want to tax you and check this out listen I don't know about you but I'm really tired of tax okay now I'm not gonna get political with you I'm just tired of tax I'm tired of paying a tax on the money that I earn I'm, I'm tired of paying a tax when I spend that money on a car. I'm tired of paying a tax every year on that car. I'm tired of paying a tax um, when I sell that car. Isn't that crazy? And yet the tax that Mary and Joseph, you see there was a census going on, but we recognize it as a tax as well. See, we want to count you as just a way to say, come home so we can tax you. And that's what was going on. They were taxing them. And here's the deal. They were taxing them for breathing. They were taxing them simply for being in Jerusalem, in Israel at the time. They were taxing them because they were living under Roman um, rule. And they said, we want you guys to show up and we're going to count you all. We want to see how many there are. And by the way, you have to pay a tax. A tax for what? A tax because you're alive. That was their tax. And it's like, wow, look at that oppression. In the midst of that, God says, here I am, Emmanuel, God with us. And they had been praying that this would take place. The scripture I want to share with you is in Luke 2. And we've shared it a couple times this year already in our Christmas series. And it says, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them. I like that. And the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to all the people, they said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you, and he is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby. He is the excuse me, wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel praising God and saying glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests when the angels had left them and gone into the heavens the shepherds said to one another let's go to Bethlehem let's see this thing that has happened which the Lord has told us about so they hurried off and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger and when they had seen him they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds had said to them. Now, I don't know if you know what was going on, but there was a 400-year span from Malachi to Matthew. And that 400 years is, is uh, referred to as uh, 400 years of silence from the Lord. The Lord wasn't talking. Sure, Israel was doing things. They were fighting the Romans. There were some little guerrilla warfare things going on. The Maccabees were written. The Maccabees were a family that were attacking um, uh, the, the Romans. The Masada took place up upon uh, Masada. There was, there was different things going on. But there was 400 years where Israel did not have a prophet to stand up and say, Thus saith the Lord, because they were waiting for the Messiah. They just didn't know they were made, waiting for the Messiah. See, the Messiah had been foretold by Moses back in... Uh, 
uh, in Moses' day, and he said, listen, the Lord is going to send to you a prophet like unto me. And you, he, the Lord says, listen to what he says and do everything he says. And that's why the word of God is so important to us. What did Jesus say? What was going on? And as I was thinking about these things and, and the fact that people were, at that time, we know that Simeon and Anna, they were crying out to God because they had been told that they would not die until the Lord's Son came, until the consolation of Israel had appeared to them, until the Savior was there. And so they were at least saying, Lord, we want something. They were asking God. And I imagine that the Romans, in, in their, excuse me, the, the Jews in the occupation of the Romans were asking God, please save us, please help us, please deliver us from this oppression. They were asking God. And as I was thinking about the 400 years of oppression, and as I was thinking about what Israel was going through, and as I was thinking about what we've been through ourselves, I just asked myself, what are you asking God for this Christmas? If Israel was saying, where's the Savior? What are you saying? I, I don't know about you, but I ask a lot of little children, um, even over the last couple of weeks, I, I've asked them, so what are you asking for for Christmas? What are you asking for for Christmas? And they have a ready answer. And I began to ask myself, and I'm asking you as well, what are you asking for for Christmas? What are you looking for? I, I, I hope that you know, you're not like, well, I, I've asked my wife for an Xbox. I need a new Xbox. I, I hope it's a little deeper than that for Christmas. Uh, I, I really do. But the truth of the matter is, when we think about Christmas, uh, some of the things that we can stop and be aware of is that the gold that was in the manger, the Christ, gave us the ability to draw near to him and ask. We have that opportunity. And so I'm asking that question. You know, the movie that, was, that came out in 1963, excuse me, 1983, called The Christmas Story, was all about a little boy that was asking for something for Christmas. All he wanted was a Red Ryder BB gun. And it seems that everybody that asked him, what are you asking for, for Christmas? And he said, a Red Ryder BB gun. Everybody said, you'll shoot your eye out. What are you asking for? Are you asking for a tiger that you're going to get a hold of the tail and it's going to be a little tough to handle? What are you asking for? I was trying to think of what is the thing that I ever asked for for Christmas. And I'm going to be honest with you. I don't ever recall asking my parents for something for Christmas. I, I, I mean, I just don't. I just don't. My wife will ask me on occasion. My children will ask me, what does Papa want for Christmas? What do you want for Christmas? Like, I don't know. I don't know what I want for Christmas. I'm at that age where I want you all sitting around the table. I'm at that age where it's like, if I wanted it, I already went out and got it, probably. And so it's just like, we're there. So if we could just celebrate together. What I want is a, a relationship with Jesus Christ for each of them. But we each have a Christmas story, don't we? We each have some time when we were meeting Jesus and we were asking him for something. We were asking for our salvation or we were accepting our salvation. We were recognizing our need for God. And we all have that moment like Paul had when he was on his way to Damascus and the Lord showed up on the road and suddenly he couldn't see. And guess what he wanted for Christmas? If you consider Christmas him meeting the Lord, much like they met the, the, the baby in the manger, what he wanted was to be able to see. <laughs> and a couple of days later he could. I keep thinking about the shepherds in this and what were they asking for at that point? What did they go away thinking could happen? 
And I wonder what it was like for shepherds in the Christmas story. I don't know about some of you. You're here, so you're not at work, but that doesn't mean that you don't have to work. And that doesn't mean that there has not been a time in your life where you had to work on Christmas Eve and you had to work on Christmas Day if you were at a place that was open on Christmas Day. But when I was thinking about the shepherds, the shepherds had to work the late shift on Christmas Eve. They did. Did you ever stop and think about that? It was Christmas Eve. They didn't know it, but they were working the late shift. The angels came and spoke to them. Heaven showed up and held a concert for them at work. At work. They were sitting on the hills out there with the sheep, and and, and, and heaven came to them and had a little concert. And then they went and found things just as they had been told. And we can see their Christmas story. But what's your Christmas story? What's your story of your relationship with the baby that allows you to come in and ask the Lord for what it is that you want, what it is that you need inside of your soul? When I look inside of their Christmas story, these are the things that I see really quick. And that is, just because you aren't in the palace doesn't mean that you don't get a Christmas. Do you ever think about that? Just because you are not expecting it doesn't mean it's not coming. They didn't ask for that. They didn't know that they could do that yet. And finally, real gold is still real gold. And when it's refined, my gold is worth just as much as your gold. Our failure of understanding, I think, sometimes the idea of asking God is the idea that we just want, 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 want. And I'm not, I'm not here to wreck our lives. It's Christmas. Let's celebrate that. Let's have a good time. But sometimes what is it that we actually and really want? And God says that we have the right to come in and say, Lord, I want to hear from you. Lord, I want a right relationship or a restored relationship with somebody. Lord, I want you to come in here and step in. When I think about this story, when I think about what's going on here with the shepherds, you know, we have this opportunity to come boldly before the throne. And as we look at the idea that we're not in the palace, can you imagine if the baby had been born in a palace? Had the baby been born in the palace, the common person like you and I would not have had the right to walk into the presence of God Almighty. We wouldn't have been welcome. It wasn't for us. But because God came and he was born in the manger, in in, in a stable, in a corral, in a barn, whatever it is that it looks like for you, we have the right to be there. And those in ruling power can come if they want. The real gold of Christmas is in the manger, and tonight it's in our invitation from God to ask whatever it is that we want, to come boldly before the, the, the throne in our time of need, to be adopted into the inheritance of God. And I was thinking about what it means to ask God for something for Christmas. Jesus said, if you do not remain in me, you're like a branch that's been thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. But look at this. He says, but if you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you will, and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Listen, there are passages in the Scripture that I do not always understand, but there are passages that I will highlight, I will write down, and I will put on my desk, and I will hold before God, and I will say, Lord, when you were on this planet, you said this, and you saw to it that it was written down in your word so that I could read it over and over and over and over again. Now, I don't expect God to be, you know, stepping and fetching it for me. He's not a waiter for me. I'm waiting on him. But at the same time, he said right there that I could ask 
Whatever it is I want, that if I'm remaining in Christ, not if I'm in an emergency and I run to him and I say, hey, I've screwed it all up. You please just do all this for me and, and take care of it. But rather, when I come to him, when I'm seeking him, when I'm chasing after him, when I'm being obedient to him, and, and he says, ask me what you, whatever it is that you want. And don't be afraid. I'm also somebody that believes that it's okay if the Lord says no because he knows what's best for me. But it does not stop me from asking because I've been given the right to come boldly as a son. In Mark chapter 11, Mark records that Jesus said, therefore I tell you whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it all, um, already and it will be yours. And when, you're, when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them so that your Father in heaven may forgive your sins. As we come before the Lord and we have this opportunity to ask God whatever we want, there's a place where the Lord says, as you're standing there and as you're asking, once again, we, we see little glimpses of how we're supposed to pray. Most of the time we say we're supposed to sit down, fold our hands, close our eyes, and bow our heads, right? And yet this scripture says, when you're standing in prayer, Paul told Timothy, I would that men everywhere lift up holy hands in prayer. So when you're standing and you're lifting up your hands in prayer, God says, believe that you've received this thing. Thank God for this thing, whether you get it right now or not. However, he says, but take an account. Are you still holding something against somebody? So many times I find myself with expectations of other people. And, and God says, put your expectations down and let them be who they are. Accept them for who they are or stay away from them for who they are. Either one. But be aware of that and bring, give forgiveness to them. In Matthew chapter 7, Jesus in the middle of what we know to be the core of his teachings says this, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receive. To the one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, and that doesn't mean like wicked, that just means human and, and with sin, okay? If you know how to give good gifts to your children, and this certainly is the season of gift giving, then how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? That's three passages, real quick, that came out of the mouth of Jesus, where he said, if you ask, I will give. I believe that the Lord is waiting on us to ask. And I think he wants to invite us to ask, not just little trinkety things. But I believe that the Lord wants us to ask for things that are for real. I think God wants us to pray that we would bring the kingdom of God down. I think God wants us to pray that we would be used by God to lead other people to the Lord. I think God wants us to pray that we would be a people of restoration of other people. Not that we, we get them to do what we want, but rather that we recognize that the relationship that I can expect is this, so let's jump into that. I think God wants us to dare ask him for things that we would not expect that God could do for us or would do for us. And I believe that it's healthy for us to ask as long as we're willing to believe that no is an appropriate answer because God has what's best in store for us. And I wonder, what are you asking God for this Christmas? This Christmas I'm praying for my family that God keeps them healthy. I am. This Christmas, I'm praying for my family that as they travel back and forth on the roads, that God keep them safe. This Christmas, I'm praying for this church 
and the people that go to church here and call this their church home, that God would provide for them and that God would protect them, not so that we can consume it upon ourselves, but rather so that we can get out and make a difference. There are people out there in need. There are people out there that cannot go home tonight because they're in a program and they're finding healing. And if they go home, they can't come back to the program. And we've had an opportunity as a congregation to interact with them. You have. I pray that God says that we continue to find restoration for people in Madison County and the counties that surround us. I pray that people find a right relationship with Jesus. I pray that we celebrate and cry and sing at my house this coming weekend when everybody's together. But I can't think, think of a single thing, thing that I'm praying for. And my wife will tell you, he's not afraid to ask God. <laughs> what are you asking God for this Christmas? What is the thing that you want from God? When I first got saved, the only thing that I ever wanted from God was for him to show up and put his arms around me and tell me that he loved me and that things are going to be okay. That's all I ever wanted. The sky never split. I still pray it. But I can't tell you the countless number of people that have walked up and said to me, I just feel like God wants me to tell you, good job. Because we get to be the hands and feet of God on this planet. And the Lord met that inside of me. And I think he wants to meet it inside of you today as well. What are you asking God for this Christmas? Let's pray. Father who is God in heaven, we want to thank you and praise you for the gift that is ours in Jesus Christ. We want to thank you, Lord, that this baby born in a manger, that his sacrifice on Calvary separated, tore, rent, ruined the curtain between the most holy place and the holy place. And that we now have the right to come boldly before the throne of God to find help in our time of need. And to know that as our Father, you've given us permission to ask. At times, God, I'm sorry that what I ask for seems frivolous to you, like a gumball in this world's gumball machine. And I thank you, God, that there are so many times when you show up bigger than I expected to equip me to do the thing that you've called me to do. Tonight, I want to thank you for the baby in the manger. Never losing sight, God, of an empty tomb, I want to thank you for the baby in the manger. Because it was the beginning. And for that, I bless you, God. Hear us as we lift up our hearts for loved ones. Hear us, God, as we look for healing from horrible diseases that Jesus died for, the curse that was Adam's because of what he did, but the blessing and the favor that is our second Adam's, that is Jesus's, that we get to be inheritors of God, that we get to abide in. Let that rest upon us in Jesus' name. 
break out like a wildfire, God, in our community in central Kentucky, that there might be a great revival in the midst of all that is going on. Strike down the corruption, God, in our leaders, whoever they are. Raise up powerful, strong men of truth to lead us. Draw us to our churches, God. Draw us to our knees. Because we are a people in great need of a Savior just as much now as we were back then. Hear us say thank you for the things that we're already asking for. Restore our relationships. Meet us in our hour, God. We ask this in Jesus' holy name. Amen.